Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. We have a lot to get to, but first, I want to first introduce my co-host. It's been a hot minute, John, but we are so thankful to have John Simmons back on the podcast, even though he's been dealing with uh, a bug of his own. uh, But uh, you know what? We're going to power through. I'm going to try and do some of the heavy lifting here for you, John. So I I hope you have a uh, warm tea and, and Jack Daniels mixture, which is what my usual go-to is for when I uh, have a, have a cold or, or something like that. But how are you doing nonetheless outside of that? I appreciate it, Vaughn. I probably need the, you to carry the load. I'm probably a little rusty with my podcasting chops after it's been so long, but I'm glad to be finally back here uh, able to talk recruiting because there's so much going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I have the time again. Yeah, me too, man. It, it's it's been too long since I last talked with you, um, uh, hearing your voice, and uh, you know, out, outside of a podcast or anything like that. But it's good to have you back on. And yeah, you're right. We got a ton to talk about. So let's just jump right in. And we're going to start today's podcast by talking about Courtney Morgan, the now former Michigan director of player personnel, a.k.a. the lead guy in the recruiting department for Michigan. He is leaving Michigan after just one year back in Ann Arbor, back at his alma mater, the University of Michigan. He's going to be taking, reportedly at least, the same position at the University of Washington. And this is kind of a uh, uh, a coming of home sorts for Courtney Morgan in the sense that he will be reuniting 
with uh, Kalen DeBoer, who uh, is now the new Washington head coach after they let Jimmy Lake go earlier this year. Morgan worked with Kalen DeBoer uh, at Fresno State uh, before he was hired at Michigan uh, in 2020. He was the director of player personnel for him at Fresno State. And uh, just previously, Courtney Morgan was also the director of play per- player personnel at uh, San Jose State. And that was back in 2019. And obviously, Michigan wanted to bring Courtney Morgan back to Ann Arbor after Matt Dudek was let go uh, after the 2020 season. So uh, Courtney Morgan, like I said, uh, played for the University of Michigan, won a couple Big Ten titles, um, was a... Uh, a key role uh, or key factor, I should say, in multiple of these guys in this 2022 class for the University of Michigan, uh, ending up committing to Michigan. So he, he played a pivotal role, especially in a lot of the guys on the West Coast. Uh, Mason Graham is a guy that comes to mind. A recent commit, Zeke Berry, he very likely had uh, some conversations with him, but the one that he really had a really, really good and strong relationship with was Cavante Henry, who is the three-star edge rusher from Lawndale, California. So John, at first I I didn't really believe the Washington rumors out there. I, I was like, okay, if he's going to be getting a job elsewhere, it better be a promotion, but quite honestly, this isn't even a promotion. This is a I, I don't want to like sound rude or, or come off in a, a rude way, but it, it's kind of a lateral move. He's doing the exact same position um, for a uh, let's just be honest about it. Not as successful of a program uh, in the university of Washington. They, they had a really rough 2021 season. They're kind of hitting the reset button uh, with, with uh, uh, all these coaches that, They've got coming in now, Courtney Morgan, obviously going to be leading the charge in the recruiting department, uh, which is a fantastic hire by Kalen DeBoer, the now head coach of the University of Washington, but just a very puzzling decision for him to move on from Michigan to go to Washington. So I just want to get your first reaction when you heard this news that Morgan was going to be going back to the West Coast. Yeah, I was pretty surprised, um, especially more so the fact that it's not an on-field coaching role it's that he's still just uh an off the field recruiting guy um you know there are rumors that he could maybe be coach wanting to move on the field and become a coach and if he you know got the tight ends or o-line job there then i would kind of understand more but the fact that he's just going to be uh the same as the same title basically is more of a head scratcher um you know i can kind of understand with being so familiar with DeBoer and being a West Coast guy, but still a big loss for Michigan. You know, he made so so many big strides with the, the Wolverines and just, you know, under a year of being hired by them. So, I you know, I think he could have done really great things, especially with all the momentum Michigan will have for 2023. So, uh, you know, it kind of stinks to move out to have to have more turnover there at the spot. Um, but in the end, he just had wanted to do something that, uh, you know, he thought was the best move for him. So he just kind of got to respect it and move on and uh, see who else they're going to get. Yeah, certainly do respect it, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bash the guy for wanting to take an opportunity that he thinks is best for him and his family and 
very well could be financially as well. Just very odd given that um, you know, he, he had just came back to the University of Michigan uh, this past offseason, has done just a stellar job in the recruiting department. You would have thought that if Courtney Morgan wanted to uh, you know move up, I certainly wouldn't fault him for that. But yeah, the same position, um, it just just a head scratcher, like you said, just a, just a little bit puzzling here that he would want to go elsewhere. But you know what? More power to him if that's what he wants to do. I'm not going to fault him. I'm I'm not going to be mad at the guy. He did a very good job in his one season at Michigan, uh, being able to recruit a lot of these guys on the West Coast, which we will talk about in just a second. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm never going to fault the guy for wanting to take a better opportunity or an opportunity that he thinks is better for him. So yeah, kudos to him. Um, he, he's going to be sorely missed. And, um, you know, I'm sure as the days go on, there will be candidates, uh, you know, lining up outside of uh, Jim Beckler Hall to want to interview for this position. And I'm sure that those, some of those names will be revealed in the coming days. I don't want to you know, speculate too much, but I, I would say that uh, Ashawn Larkins at, at, at the very least has to get an interview. I think he's done very well with the recruiting department as well. And uh, he certainly deserves to at least be in the running for that uh, position. Do you think that would be a good hire, John, if, if uh, Jim Harbaugh wanted to have Ashawn Larkins just fully take over the recruiting role? Cause he's been pretty good with, especially with the kids down South, uh, obviously Courtney Morgan, has focused on the West Coast. Ashawn Larkins has more of been a uh, a guy to recruit SEC country. Do you think that would be a pretty decent hire if they end up going that route? Because I think he should at least get a fair shake at it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I think he's had the history in the department, and he's certainly seen as an up and comer in the industry. Um, you know, it's it's. I think it's a good thing that Michigan expanded their uh, recruiting department this offseason and added a position that. Uh, you know, previously it was just Larkin's position there, but then they added Morgan's to work over him. Um, as long as they hire, you know, keep that position open and have multiple guys in there, I think it would be a good idea. Um, one guy I think would be a good hire is Ryan Partridge at Arizona, who uh, is the brother of Chris Partridge. Um, and he's like the director of high school recruiting for Arizona out there. They had a good class, you know, I look at their decommits, you know, guys that they had committed at one point. Zeke Berry is one of them who Michigan found and flipped has been a big rise in the rankings. Um, Keon Graves, who's committed to Ohio State, he uh, jumped from like a three-star to like a top 100 player um, at wide receiver. So I think they're pretty good at evaluating talent. You know, at a place like Arizona, it's kind of hard to keep it if the bigger schools come sniffing around. But I think he's pretty good at talent ident- identification and has the connection, worked at Fair State. So that's just a name. I was thinking about, um, I'm sure there'd be plenty of others that, that come up here, um, in the couple, in the hopefully days ahead. Uh, like you mentioned though. Yeah. Hard to keep those guys in the fold of Arizona when the other schools come calling and when you only win one game in the regular season, uh, that's, that's going to be tough as well. (laughs) So yeah, no, it certainly would be an interesting name. Obviously the Partridge family is a, uh, well-known football family, especially around these parts. And yeah, I think that would be a a decent name to go after as well. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to trust whoever they end up hiring because Courtney Morgan 
was a, in my opinion, at least an absolute home run hire last off season to replace Matt Dudek. They needed a change in the recruiting department. Like you mentioned the way that they expanded everything, I think has just been an amazing addition to, um, not the coaching department per se, but just the, the off the field, um, coaches, I, I guess, if you want to call it that, but yeah, he was, he was very pivotal with, you mentioned Zeke Barry, who had, uh, committed to Michigan on Friday. Like you said, once committed to Arizona, the uh, four-star safety, he's from California, Cavante Henry, the edge rusher from Lawndale, California, uh, Mason Graham, the defensive lineman, uh, that is, uh, also committed to Michigan. He's a three-star at this point from Anaheim. So he, he's had his hands in a lot of the recruitments um, for a lot of these guys, quite honestly, that have risen up in the rankings. Because you you see when Cavante Henry had committed to Michigan, he was somewhere in the six or seven hundreds. Now he's at 443 on the composite. Zeke Barry, you had mentioned him. He's at 226 in the composite, but... 24-7 right now has him as the number 64 overall player in the class. Um, and then I think one of the guys that is just a, a truly under-the-radar talent is Mason Graham uh, in, in this recruiting class. He's number 611 on the composite, but 24-7 is uh, a lot more kind to him in the recruiting rankings. He is number 219 and the number 19 overall player in the state of California, which if you're a recruiting follower, you know that the state of California is one of the best high school football states in America. So yeah, I, I think uh, Courtney Morgan is surely going to be missed because of the eye of two talent that he has being able to scout these guys when they weren't necessarily high-end prospects, but now I would say that these three guys specifically on the defensive side of the ball from the state of California are all high-end prospects. So with Courtney Morgan leaving, John, do you think that there's any reason to believe that any of these three guys may consider looking elsewhere because Morgan's now gone? Yeah, I guess I'd be most worried about uh, Henry, given that he really formed a bond with uh, with Morgan while he was at Michigan, you know, he was Fresno State offered him while Morgan was still working there and was one of his first offers. I think he always remembered him. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest issue. Um, Graham was, I, I don't know, I'm a little worried because he took a vid- visit to uh, USC uh, over the weekend with Lincoln Riley, but I don't think he's a threat to like go follow uh, Morgan to Washington as much as he is just to go to USC. Um, so, and then Barry, I don't think is, uh, just cause he committed so recently. Um, and he, he plays for De La Salle where Michigan's really respected as a whole. I think that's more of like an organizational, um, bond there. He's, you know, more of the program as a whole rather than, uh, Morgan, but overall, I don't think guys are going to commit or decommit based on a director of recruiting or player personnel anyway just because they don't really aren't they're not really going to be spending much time with them once they're on campus so I I think Michigan will be safe with all three given that it's so close to signing day anyway but if one of them was going to leave I think it'd be Henry yeah I completely agree I I think the bond that Henry and Morgan built together that's partially why Henry ended up committing was because of how tight he was with Courtney Morgan but now that Morgan's gone 
maybe there's a a little bit more of a question mark around that recruitment. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to impact Zeke Barry whatsoever. You mentioned Mason Graham going to visit USC uh, this past weekend, which, yeah, that is certainly concerning. Anytime that you have a committed player go visit elsewhere, even if they seem locked in, isn't always the best news to see. I mean, and we'll talk about Keon Sab in the next uh, segment here. But seeing a guy like Keon Sab, who's been committed to Clemson for so long, end up taking an unofficial visit to Michigan for the game against Ohio State. And uh, now we kind of see what's playing out here. Uh, these things happen all the time. And I'm not going to say that I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Mason Graham. Um, but there is always I, I guess always a reason to be concerned when a committed prospect goes to visit somewhere else. Um, you know, Miles Pollard did the same thing, uh, went and visited Auburn and, uh, you know, nothing seems imminent there. Nothing seems like it's going to happen uh, with him, but it's just something that you keep your eye on. If, if you're a Michigan recruiting fan, keep your eye on some of these kids who end up visiting elsewhere. And uh, if Henry ends up sniffing around and, and visits somewhere else before the early signing period, then I would be a little bit more concerned, but as of right now, things are looking fine. I don't think there's any reason to be incredibly concerned as of right now with Courtney Morgan leaving in regards to these three guys. So if, if there is any reason to be concerned, we'll certainly bring all of you guys the latest on mazebrew.com. But as of this recording, I think all is uh, all is well, uh, I would say in this regard. So John, any other final thoughts about, Courtney Morgan as a recruiter or these three guys that we've been talking about or yeah, anything with the recruiting department in general? No, I don't think so. I think they'll have plenty of quality candidates to choose from, especially with their success this year. I think a lot of guys will want to join and be part of the system. So we'll just see who they pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll have, have a lot of candidates um, lining up to want this position. It's a, it's a very key role at the University of Michigan, especially with, you know, like we said, how they revamped their recruiting department this offseason. They brought in Christina DeRuiter, who has been the on-field and, and, and the, the visit um, expert, setting up the, the visits for all the, the recruits and all the commits. And then, obviously, Courtney Morgan with what he's been doing, Sean Larkins with what he's been doing. I mean, they, they completely overhauled the entire department when Matt Dudek left and it's been nothing but good, honestly, for, for Michigan. So hopefully they're able to have Courtney Morgan's loss here uh, turn into a potential gain with, with whoever they get, or at least be on par with, with what Courtney Morgan brought to the university of Michigan. So wish him the very best and uh, we'll certainly see who Michigan replaces him with. But uh, on the flip side of the break, because we're going to take a a quick break right now, but we will get into Keon Sab, like I had just alluded to. And we will also talk about a 2023 prospect in the top 100 who is going to be committing to Michigan uh, pretty soon. Um, as, As soon as today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, December 8th. So stick around. We will be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it. And we are going to uh, wrap up our podcast today talking about a couple really, uh, in my opinion, at the very least, and and you can take that for what it's worth, John, because I'm not a scout by any means, but two really high-end prospects on the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with Keon Sab because I already alluded to him in the previous segment. Uh, as of this recording, we're recording this on uh, on Monday. Uh, Keon Sab, like literally within the last hour or two, uh, decommitted from Clemson. He is in the 22 class, 6'2", 200 pounds, plays at IMG Academy, is originally from the state of New Jersey, is number 80 overall on the composite, the number eight safety in the class, number 11 in the state of Florida. He unofficially visited for that game against Ohio State just a couple weeks ago. They tried to keep that visit under the radar as long as they possibly could because Dabo Sweeney has a rule set in place for his committed players that if you go visit somewhere else, you better uh, be ready to pack your bags and go somewhere else because you have to decommit from the program at that point. So um, it's just strange that it took this long for him to decommit, but I think that has more to do with Brent Venables going to Oklahoma than anything. So it kind of seems like uh, Dabo has loosened up on that rule, at least a smidge, because it it took about a week and a half for Keon Sab to decommit uh, after that visit. But like I said, I think, Brent Venables going to Oklahoma to be their head coach is the reason why he ended up decommitting from Clemson. Now Michigan is kind of um, uh, on the uh, crystal ball prediction, at least uh, taking over as Steve Lorenz put in a crystal ball earlier today, Steve Wiltfong after that uh, visit to Michigan for the Ohio state game, he put in a crystal ball as well. I would imagine that some of these other uh, recruiting experts like Sam Webb and uh, Clemson's insider, Anna Hickey. She does a really good job. I would imagine that they would probably be following suit as well. Michigan, the clear number one in this race. Now that he is decommitted from Clemson, John, if he does end up committing to Michigan, I, I just can't state enough how stellar this secondary class would be with him and Zeke Barry holding down the safety spots. Then you got Will Johnson, the five-star corner. You have Cody Jones, four-star, uh, kind of do-it-all defensive back. He can kind of play wherever. And then you've got Miles Pollard, who is a stellar cornerback commit as well. I, I just, for for all of the um, negativity that we put into the secondary class last year for 2021, only having one cornerback and one safety, this would be a complete 180 from what they did last year, this would be an insane uh, defensive secondary class. Yeah. Don't forget about Damani Dent either. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't forget about him. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. Damani Dent, another really good safety prospect that was under the radar uh, before he committed back in October. So yeah. Um, don't, don't want to forget about him, but yeah, please continue, John. Yeah. It's going to be a great 
secondary class. And I think Steve Klinkscale has done a great job uh, coaching up the corners this year. Ron Bellamy is a great coach and recruiter. Um, you know, I think they've made a really good uh, tandem back there, uh, coaching up the secondary. You know, who would have thought like DJ Turner and Vincent Gray are locking down Ohio State's receivers pretty well, um, as, you know, based on last year's performance. So I think they've, they've done a really good job. Um, improving the secondary, and I think it's shown, and uh, you know, it's connected with recruits, um, especially in the back end. There, they see an opportunity for playing time, and a, a scheme that's going to uh, make them look good and put them in a position to succeed. And so, um, I think Sab, if and when he commits to Michigan, is going to be a big part of that. Um, you know, I think he's a uh, safety right now. I think he dropped a little bit from his like five-star top ten status because. Um, the evaluators were a little concerned with the size that he could grow out of the position and become a linebacker. But even that, I still think that's a place um, Michigan, a position Michigan can incorporate in their defense. You know, if it's like Brad Hawkins or RJ Moten, who are pretty big safeties to begin with, um, you know, coming down playing in the box more or someone like Michael Barrett, who they started playing a lot more later in the season is kind of like that uh, versatile, almost like a Viper a hybrid player. Um, either way, I think he's going to be a great addition to uh, the team here and be a pretty immediate uh, starter, at least on special team with some packages and defense. Yeah, I, I agree. And you mentioned, yeah, he used to be a five-star. He was a five-star when he committed to Clemson, obviously has dropped in the rankings like you had mentioned because of the whole question mark of, well, is he going to outgrow the safety position? Is he going to be a linebacker? What's going on here? At this point, you certainly take him and you just figure it out later if that's a huge question. Um, I don't think it's really that big of a question, if I'm being honest, because Michigan, like you had said, with with uh, Brad Hawkins and R.J. Moten, they've got Makari Page, who is like 6'3", at the safety position, and they've all played relatively well. So if you're Keon Sab and, and you're looking at these guys who are, you know, playing very well at the position, very uh, similar body and everything like that skill set. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a, a clear opportunity for him to play at that position still at the university of Michigan. So I, I don't see any concern with me personally. And like I said, I'm not like a scout. I'm not an evaluator. I, I just see people on film and I go, yeah, that guy can play or yeah, there's some concerning things there. When I look at Keon Sab on film, I go, yeah, that guy can play. And I've always thought that even as he was uh, descending in the rankings, now sitting at number 80 overall on the composite, he was at one point uh, number 13 um, earlier this year, as uh, this was back in February, he was number 13 overall, and then just has been dipping down ever since then, uh, now sitting at 80. But yeah, I, I really like Keon Sab a lot. And uh uh, apologies to Damani Dent for for leaving him off the initial secondary list because he is a, a tremendously athletic uh, talent at the safety position as well. Um, they have a clear focus on what they want to do in this class, and they are just loading up on the defensive side of the ball, specifically with the uh, edge rushers and with the uh, corners and safeties. So they're they're really knocking it out of the park and. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see if uh, Keon Sab ends up in, in Michigan's class because it would just be a, a really good addition and 
He's a, a a really really talented prospect and and would add another top 100 player to Michigan's class. Currently, they just have one, and that is Will Johnson, who I had just mentioned uh, just a moment ago. Uh, Tyler Morris. It's kind of been unfair for him because he was once in the top 100, but is now at 111 um, after his torn ACL had to miss his entire senior season because of that, which really sucks for him. Um, you know, he, he's a really talented, talented prospect as well. Um, but to add another top 100 guy like Keon Sab, uh, would, would do wonders for this recruiting class would probably bump it up close to the top 10. They're at number 14 right now. So we would have to see when, and if that happens, John, but, uh, uh, yeah, I really like where things are going, uh, with, with the ending of this, uh, with this recruiting class, there's a lot to be excited about, uh, as the early signing period draws closer and I'll give you the final word on uh, Keon Sapp here, uh, my friend. Uh, not much else. I think he's a really good player. I like that Michigan stuck on him throughout the whole cycle. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, once he moved IMG from New Jersey. They kind of skimmed out of it, but they kept their relationship open, got him up for an official over the summer, kept at it, got him up for the game, and now they're in position to land him. So good good long game play by them. Yeah, yeah, and that was one thing I was going to bring up too, um, I'm, and I'm glad you did because sticking on him for as long as they did doesn't usually always work out, especially with a Clemson commit because, like I had mentioned, Dabo's got that policy that you can't go visit anywhere. And and that kind of leads Clemson commits to not really hearing any other schools out. So really good by Ron Bellamy, really good by Steve Klinkscale to continue that commitment or that recruitment, I should say, uh, to potentially land uh, a commitment from him. So we will certainly see how that plays out. But we're going to end our podcast today, switching over to the 23 class, because that recruiting class has really been gaining momentum ever since Michigan beat Ohio State. They picked up a, a commitment from Adam Samaha, and I believe that was uh, just before uh, that Ohio State game. I believe he committed on Thanksgiving, and he is a kicker from Ann Arbor, one of the top-ranked kickers in the class, uh, if, if you really take into uh, account <laughs> the rankings of kickers, which 24-7 certainly does not. But uh, Blue Corn and, and some of those other recruiting services, you can you can go look at those if you're uh, so inclined to do so. But Joel Starlings certainly is ranked by 24-7 sports. He is uh, number 215 overall, a four-star defensive lineman at 6'5", 310. He committed to Michigan. Uh, I believe that was like the day after they beat Ohio State. Uh, I believe it was that Sunday. He's from Richmond, Virginia. And then Samaj Morgan the uh, in-state three-star wide receiver uh, plays at West Bloomfield. Clearly um, any West Bloomfield player at this point with Ron Bellamy on staff at Michigan is uh, if Michigan wants them, will probably be projected to be in Michigan's class. So he committed to U of M last week, last Wednesday on December 1st. So really starting to gain momentum here. And with the impending commitment date, for four-star linebacker Raylan Wilson, it is looking like Michigan is going to be getting uh, a bit more good news uh, because all of the crystal balls at this point are pointing toward Michigan. Um, uh, just a quick background info for from Raylan Wilson. He's listed at 6'2", 
213. He's from Tallahassee, Florida. Is number 74 on the composite, number six at the linebacker position, and number 14 um, in the state of Florida. The other finalist in this is uh, the team that Michigan's going to be taking on in the college football playoff semifinals, and that is the University of Georgia, which has also done a really good job in this recruitment as well. He had a ton of other offers, John, Alabama, Clemson, uh, both of the elite Florida schools in Florida and Florida State, uh, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, he, he could have pretty much went to any college imaginable and played Division One football. Um, he was clocked at a 11.19 100-meter dash time back in March, which is uh, pretty good, if you ask me. I certainly wouldn't be able to do that by any means. And uh, he's got some um, uh, football blood in him as well. His father, Robert Wilson, was a wide receiver at Florida A&M uh, back in the 90s and then played for the New Orleans Saints in the early 2000s. So um, as of 2020 stats, he uh, has compiled 139 Tackles, 16 for loss, five sacks, two forced fumbles. I, I would have to go check what the stats were for 2021, uh, but I would imagine they're probably pretty on par with that, um, uh, considering he is as high as a prospect as he is, and he's still very high uh, on the composite. He has been roughly around that uh, throughout this entire recruiting process here. Um, so, like I said, John, it looks like good news is going to be coming for Michigan's class, really a centerpiece defensive addition. If they're able to land him, um, it, how important do you think it is to really get this 23 class up and running uh, with the early signing period for 22, not even um, uh, come and gone yet? Cause sometimes it takes a little bit for uh, the junior class to really kick off uh, at, at least historically under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. So how important do you think it is that they're kind of switching the way that things are going with the junior class? I, I personally like it. I think you should be hitting the junior class a little bit harder than they had in previous years. So it's really nice to see a top 100 linebacker or top 100 prospect overall, like Raylan Wilson, put you in your top two and potentially commit to you uh, this early in the process. Yeah. Wilson is kind of an interesting, like, you know, for an out-of-region top 100 player, he seems really set of Michigan. Uh, he visited up for the Northwestern game this season and apparently loved it. Um, I'm not even sure if he has a previous connect with the staff or if George Hilo and Mike McDonald just really did a great job recruiting him. But uh, all signs point to Michigan so far. Um, you know, I think he was really impressed by the end of the season. Um, but even before the win against Ohio State, he was, you know, really positive about Michigan. And I think it's great to bank in these, you know, top hundred guys early in the cycle at a uh, linebacker is going to be big, you know, after taking a lot of more high upside project guys in this class, in the 2022 class, getting a stud like Wilson, who probably can be a little, uh, see the field a little earlier and 23 is going to be a good start. Yeah. I, it, it's really kind of exciting to see how all of this is playing out here for Michigan early on. I mean, and, and you mentioned that he seems really set on Michigan, um, you know, for, especially for being an out of region kid, that's huge. Uh, being able to get a guy from the state of Florida, obviously George Hilo has connections to the state of Florida. So that probably helped out as well. 
Uh, but yeah, the glowing reviews that he had from the Northwestern game when he visited back in October uh, followed up with Michigan's success on the field this season and the way that George Hilo and Mike McDonald have been using the linebackers and seeing a guy like Junior Colson, who didn't really start and didn't really play a ton early in the season, but has developed into a really nice player and has been starting over Nakai Hill Green over the last month or maybe month plus at this point. Um, couple that with the fact that Josh Ross is going to be uh, departing this season. And I know that he's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, enrolling uh, into the next season of Michigan football, but all of these are really playing in to uh, a probable decision. It, it seems like at the very least of why a kid that's as highly talented as he is at this position would want to pick Michigan at the end of the day. So really nice prospect. This would be a really good get. He would clearly be the number one ranked prospect in Michigan's class at this point um, in 2023. Obviously, still a long ways to go. Got a ton of other guys uh, ranked higher than him that they're going after, but would be a really nice addition um, to this 23 class. Really like what they're doing um, early on with this class and, and, and making it more of a priority to get the junior class a little bit more involved uh, than they had in the past. So, John, any other final thoughts um, about this uh, recruitment here or the 23 class in general? No, I think it's going to be a fun cycle to to cover um, with Michigan finally getting over a lot of narratives with the program. I think we can kind of finally see what um, the ceiling for a recruiting class is. Um, but yeah, just lots to cover. I'm excited to be back and uh, able to talk about it with you. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you back as well. Um, like I said, T and Jack Daniels, my friend, throw some honey in there too. That'll... Uh... It'll coat the throat real nice, but always a pleasure talking to you, John. Uh, truly, truly happy to have you back on. Um, can't wait to talk more as the uh, 22 early signing period uh, gets closer and closer. It's just a week away from now, and uh, it's, it, it's going to be crazy. So be be sure to keep track of everything on maizebrew.com. We'd appreciate it. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, buddy? At Simmons underscore John. Follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Our YouTube channel got over 5,000 subscribers in time for the end of the regular season. We greatly appreciate that support as well. And give all of our podcasts five-star reviews. We would certainly appreciate that as well. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We will talk to you guys next week for the early signing period for the 2022 class. But until then, go Blue.